What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Fudge Muppet. This is the Elder Scrolls Podcast. I'm Scott here with Michael and Drew, as always. And today we are diving into a discussion all about the Thieves Guild. We're going to be talking broad strokes. We're going to be talking about all the games and just sort of the characters and the little metaphysical bits and pieces here and there. So where would you guys like to start? Well, I guess the first thing that's good to say is that, like, the Thieves Guild aren't all one big group like the Dark Brotherhood tends to be. You know, the Dark Brotherhood, they have their little hideouts everywhere and there's communication between each other. They're but, decentralized. Um, they're, okay. yeah, well, I mean, kind of, anyway. Well, they don't have a central authority. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Like, it's... Yeah. And the, th- and the, the Thieves Guild, though, are very, like, spread out and they don't really like seem to have like a a strong connection to each other like each guild is very different Mm. like some of them have their own different ways of doing things or slightly different rules or different people that they look up to and completely different attitudes towards thieving you know some may be more like that robin hood steal from the rich and give to the poor others can be a little bit more like i just want a quick buck however i do it i don't care i'm a crim I guess the closest things you can get to sort of a unifying feature is a they're thieves and they're organized bunch of thieves but the other thing is sort of uh, nocturnal they're the patron of thieves and so on so you'll see her you know with the gray cowl of nocturnal she's involved there but she's not even like and it's you know they'll go like shadow hide you and things like that and there's sort of like the whole deal with the twilight sepulcher and um the nightingales and so on but it's not necessarily it's like Thieves guilds can operate because I'm pretty sure the one in Abba's Landing doesn't have anything explicitly to do with Nocturnal like that, and I don't know if the case. I don't think that's the case in Morrowind either. Yeah. Um, it's a weird thing having an organization of individualists because at the end of the day, for the most part, they care about themselves, and that's why um, it does vary how much they get into the religious <laughs> aspects. Because the it's, really the religious aspects, as you see with the Nightingales and whatnot, it's kind of unusual, Did but. I- I wonder if an irreasonable comparison is almost kind of like a like a workers union in the way that they're all thieves. They're all there for their, you know, obviously they you know work for themselves. They're not like part of a like a faction, like a, as, as much as a lot of them, you know, they have their individual interests. They'll go off doing their own things, but they mutually benefit from having shared resources, shared connections. And they do have like a little bit of a, depending well, on the one, a thing for Nocturnal. But It's also interesting because in a way... Um, you know, say the government of a certain city or, or province can actually benefit from their existence as well because they, you know, they have, they tend to have the rule to, you know, not rob from the poor and they don't really like competitors or their own members going rogue, um, so to speak. So in a way that can almost decrease violent crime because, oh, you, yeah. you know, like if they're very professional about it and they only want to steal from people with a lot of money and they don't want to harm anyone in the process... You're not going to get as many, like, you know, bloody muggings in the street and things like that. That was a major shift. And this is another example of how they can be different. But in Oblivion, it was a really strict sort of, like, explicit, we're not the Dark Brotherhood. We don't do killing. You'll be punished for killing. Whereas it's a similar-ish thing in the Skyrim Thieves Guild. But, like, one of your first missions is, like, punch the hell out of someone until they give you the goods. Like, it's a th- bit more thuggish in, in Skyrim and so on. I guess, you know... Reflect- and I would say it's a lot more desperate as well. Like, I mean, just uh, in their situation. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, oh, you can't blame them, it's okay. But I'm saying as a Thieves' Guild, if they are to survive, they're in, you know, they're quite run down at the start of their plotline in Skyrim. They kind of have to do whatever it takes. 
But yeah, I, I definitely agree that they are, you know, part of the ecosystem, that they're helpful to the society versus the alternative of having lots of different thieving groups. And there's two reasons. One we kind of already touched on, which is like the moral aspect. So obviously if you have a thieves guild that's against just killing your target to rob their goods, which, you know, is basically just like a bandit if you think about it, um, then that's a really good thing. And they tend to wipe out the competitors for the guards because they don't want competitors. So if there's an opposing guild that comes and they start killing people, the, the thieves guild will wipe them out. But the second thing as well you have to consider is when you have a whole bunch of different criminal factions vying for power, you kind of get more violence, not just in the society, but between the guilds. Because like turf wars, you know, like this is our territory and, and they'll fight against each other or they may do something a bit less moral to get the upper hand. Like you just have problems all around. Whereas if everyone's part of this one guild, yeah, it's bad. You don't want more thieves like... You know, you could have two groups with 50 thieves or one group with 100. It's still bad, but at least they kind of, you know, help to... Um, but, but what at if, least It's the devil you know. Do you know but, what I mean? It's There's yeah. not a new faction coming out who murders and but kills. But what if, what if a counter to that was sort of like, then they kind of end up monopolizing the crime and getting too much power? Like, look what they happens do. with Maven Blackbriar. Like, she gets into the position of Jarl. If you take it over for the Imperials, she gets you know a bad person in position of literally the yarl of a of a city she gets a oh, royal there's title. there's um definitely yeah i 100 percent agree mm. that i mean look they're a criminal group i'm not like oh it's a good thing they're good for society i'm yeah. more <laughs> arguing that they're better yeah. for society than a bunch of different mafia type groups fighting amongst each other and constantly causing issues mm. um well, in territorial lines in morrowind i think um, yeah it was the Tong that thieves guild were fighting against yeah. Um, so that was like an example of where there is like sort of turf war kind of stuff. And I mean, like and the, the thieves guild got wiped out. At least you read <laughs> is, one is of the books. The uh, yeah, probably, it's, yeah. It says it's a book in oblivion. I believe that says the, the, the fighters guild and the Kamonatong or whatever, wipe them out. I, th this is, this is my, my two cents on anything, but like, you know how we're always like, you know, let, let's do something like, don't do the fighters guild do like, you know, the companions or house Redoran or, or something interesting and like contextual to the place. Uh, it's like, I find the Kamonatong far more interesting than just the thieves guild. And like, I kind of wish if, if they did do it, like I wouldn't be opposed in, they will do the thieves guild and, and so on, but I, it would be interesting if they had like a thief crime faction, like that you can be part of like a, a, a gang or a mafia type uh, thing. It does. It does bring me to think as well. Another reason why the thieves guild is, I, I'll use the word preferred as well is because they do have kind of like imperial values too and and they're, and they're like quite imperial in like their you know i guess their morals and their style and motifs and and things like that and their general culture tends to be kind of like imperial versus if you have the Tong and they oh, have yeah. this huge foothold in cyrodiil like that's like quite a you know, a foreign kind of criminal entity which can bring a whole host of other things but that is, the guards there aren't used to handling. But that's the complete reverse for Morrowind's situation where Morrowind uh, just I had agree. the Tong and the Thieves yeah. Guild pushes in on their territory because yep. of uh, imperialist conquesters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like who took it Morrowind. It's, I mean, it's kind of a weird contradiction though with just like thieve organizations like this is that you know it, you can kind of paint them almost as like robin hood in the sense that they steal from the rich and don't steal from the poor but at the end of the day they only care about making money 
really at the end of it so it's like when you've got like the the protected shadow mark so like you know you can't steal from these guys because they're under our protection it's like well so yeah just about anyone can pay you for protection so then you're not even going to be stealing from the people who really you want to be stealing from anyway yeah so you know it's they, they can't exactly be painted through too nice of a lens no and and it is filled with corruption and that is another reason they're tolerated because all of the people you know high up in the hierarchy of society they like that they can you know get bribed by the thieves guild and that there is this kind of like collective group of power in their province who has a bunch of pooled resources who can be like you know we'll give you a thousand gold to look the other way here and there and and so on so the people who are probably around those that can actually make a change to laws or in that area of influence yeah they benefit from bribes not saying it's and you could also say it benefits at least at least in the example of um, oblivion that the uh the lowest rungs of society benefit from it because they get looked after but that is also like quite a utilitarian sort of agreement because like the gray fox and thieves guild will sort of get like beggars and stuff to be their eyes and ears um but it's it's not like it's do you know what i mean it's kind of got a use to it it's not just altruism it's not yeah yeah you know for sure so they'll they'll paint it like it is just altruism yeah but but really they've just got this big network of people and that's one of the coolest things about the thieves guild in oblivion which i mean you can understand why it's not as much in skyrim but the idea that there's not this centralized guild hall because remember that guild hall is like at the end when you go and do the ultimate heist and kind of like unlock it but it's just that there's so many members and people in on it Like Mm. when you join, you meet so many people and you realize, you know, they go shadow hide you. And it's like, oh, wow, you're in the Thieves Guild as well. There's heaps. And they're not just thieves, merchants, like all kinds of different people. Yeah. It's just making me think of like, imagine playing the Thieves Guild in Oblivion, but imagine like being inside um, Hieronymus Lex, his eyes and so on. And like all he was doing, like, because you, you, I have such like a villainous sort of point of view of him, but he's actually just a kind, probably just an upstanding guy who just tried to get rid of the like biggest criminals that, that are around. And then, and then like, yeah. yeah. And then it's the same got- when, when you hear the name Adamus Philida. You're like, ah, Imperial pick. Yeah. And it's like, he's just a good guard trying to stop a murderous guild. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But so outside of, I guess, the the simple kind of aspects of them, like being thieves and so on, there's a few like metaphysical kind of ones. Like, I guess like everyone would be most familiar, I imagine, with the Nightingales. So that whole function. But that's like a... like. Where, like, it's interesting that in, in Skyrim, Nocturnal is sort of, like, a blessing or, or giving them luck explicitly. Like, and that's why the Thieves' Guild is so down in the dumps right now um, at the time of the start of Skyrim because um, the skeleton key has been taken and, you know, the, so therefore the Nightingales have violated their oath. They're supposed to protect it. And as long as they protect it, you get all the luck for the Thieves' Guild. But it's that's quite an explicit contract with... with um, the Nightingales, whereas if you are with, sorry, Nocturnal, and comparison to Oblivion, where um, it really was just the original Grey Fox stole it from Nocturnal, and, and that's about it. And they all sort of like, you know, you know, Shadow Hide you and like wish for luck, but it's, a, it's not such a like, I've made an actual contract with you. You know what I mean? It's a bit more just, oh, you know, she's a patron of thieves, so of course we worship her. It's a little bit of a different. 
She also seems to have like a, a degree of indifference to it being stolen as well. It almost seems like the Nightingales care a lot more than she does if her artifacts are taken. Um, mm. You know, and a lot of when it comes down to, you know, talking about whether it's a religious worship or whether it's a business relationship, she does seem very distant from it all. Um, and at the same time, it's like the the religious aspects of um, of the Thieves Guild uh, with the Nightingale seems a bit unusual because, you know, they w- when they die, their spirits will go to the Evergloam to kind of forever walk in shadows or, or however they put it. But f- for most thieves, you'd think, I, you like thieving because you want to get rich. You want to make a load of money and, and get away or whatever. What What's the point in your spirit being a thief in the shadows for all time? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Unless it's kind of like, uh, I guess, um, maybe a bit a bit like the craft or something of it, that they love the competition. Because you can also look at like things like... the Hall like, of Fame. Yeah. Right. And like, so, you know, the Grey Fox is in that forever because, you know, stolen Elder Scroll is the kind of um, the, the deal there. So it kind of, you'll go down in history for stealing something it's kind of but yeah, I, I still get get into with nocturnal and the great cow how it's kind of ironic that you have to kind of give up your identity in order to be the greatest thief of all time mm. yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah and i mean sense. like and the only other one i can actually the only other real thief i can think of is like the nightingale as in the gallus distenius guy that stole the staff piece for jagarthan and but he, even that's not really like a long-standing like super famed kind of thing it feels weird to i guess like fame like maybe it's just a more personal sort of goal setting you know it's like oh i could steal from the most powerful whatever you know for a lot of them it's it's the challenge of it it's not always everyone's in it for the riches you know i mean especially in skyrim you see it more like they all just want to get rich because there's kind of not that moral angle to it you know so for some people it could literally be like a moral statement in oblivion that's what they believe philosophically that they can just go steal from people give it to beggars and then that's cool eat the rich is what they're yeah. saying yeah. <laughs> i'm just imagining the joker when he's, he's got all that money and he just sets it on fire it's like it's all about sending a message yeah. <laughs> it's not about the money yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i don't know not yeah, sure, yeah. I, I don't know I, I i think i yeah i lean more towards the idea that they're much for the most part they're much more individualistic and that's why you kind of have a select group who are very you know religious about their involvement yeah yeah well because they can just be separate and i mean they even say that to you i can remember in oblivion armand christophe saying i don't know the exact quote but it was something along the lines of like you say something like collective oriented like oh where do we get started he's like what do you mean go steal stuff (laughs) you know like it's even like in skyrim like most of them aren't really even aware of uh, of nightingales kind of beyond a myth like it's a real inner circle thing that that are doing this like the lower um ranked thieves and stuff aren't like oh i want to be a nightingale one day do you know what i mean they're sort of they're just a collection of yeah like even when you're talking to mercer towards the end it's like um you can kind of go down the path of saying you know I'll, i'll essentially do anything for nocturnal and this is for her for her or you can kind of just be like i don't really care i'm just gonna kill you or something along those lines and he almost like respects you more for it because he's despite being a nightingale is a much more individualistic character mm. than perhaps the others are yeah. yeah i mean look if you've watched our nocturnal podcast like you'd know my feelings on nocturnal i don't think she's a good person <laughs> i think she's just a kind of you know undesirable master i think that there's better ones for sure yeah but uh she makes people simp for her so she kind of gets around it 
Well, she's kind of confused as an entity, like in general, if, especially if you look at the Khajiit elements of it, is that, you know, she needed to be kind of beat into submission so that she realized she wasn't Namira because she associated herself with darkness, but didn't realize she wasn't the great darkness. So, so she's not darkness, she's more shadows. And then, you know, so she's kind of just whatever. She, in a way, doesn't understand herself. And as a result, not really anyone else quite understands her either. I mean, yeah. I find... In, sorry, go on. You go. Oh, I was just going to say, and she doesn't seem to have a, a good hold on all of her artifacts. Things keep getting mm. taken from her. The Eye of Nocturnal, you know, her cow, you know, like people just see... Uh, the skeleton key. It just seems like uh, she almost wants to be stolen from sometimes. I wonder how they'll go ahead with all of the... Um, in, in the Elder Scrolls 6, because I know they're going to do a Thieves' Guild, and they're going to probably bring up Nocturnal in some way or another. But I wonder how they'll do it now. Like, And this kind of applies to a bunch of the princes, to be honest, is how they'll contextualize it now in the new game with the knowledge of Elder Scrolls Online and how they've expanded them. Because like Nocturnal before, like some people get a little cranky with the change. Well, not changes, but I guess like additional information that um, tra how it treats Nocturnal. and makes Nocturnal seem a bit more like a like a bigger more Con metaphysical presence not just like yay thieves are my patrons like and like more conniving and self-interested than people yeah. kind of but I, got I the impression but for me i think that's perfectly on brand for a thief which is a very individualistic i want a lot of money like for her being you know a patron of thieves she's almost like a, a ideal to formulate yourself after you know like to sort of mantle <laughs> which is <laughs> you know? yeah it's why it's kind of fitting that there's the the Kajiti story of her stealing the skeleton key from Azura. It, it fits her perfectly. And it also mm. fits the idea that perhaps she doesn't quite understand how powerful the skeleton key might actually be. Mm. You know, w w her willingness to let it be stolen and whatever, it will come back to her. You know, it's kind of like, it almost does seem like sometimes she'll just steal on a whim and then let things go on a whim as well. Mm. Yeah. It also depends on the time scale as well. Like we can't be in their head, I suppose. Yeah. So, like, it could be that really chill, immortal thing of, like, uh, oh, my skeleton key was stolen. Usually that comes back to me in, like, what, a few human years or, like, a few decades. That's nothing. Like, yeah. It's such a hard thing to wrap your head around, like, if you take the idea that the gods are just experiencing everything all at once, like, past, present, future. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because everything becomes, you know, in, in context, this future event might not much matter to you because something past or present sort of well, yeah. I mean you know it's all there present but you know what I mean mm. and just another thing as well with joining the thieves guild and, and being individual a lot of people like any faction in real life or in games will join it just because they want to fit in somewhere like a lot of the members you meet in like you know rune in skyrim it's like why is he in the thieves guild it's like well i don't know where else is he gonna get washed up he literally did wash up and had a rune in his pocket with some scribble on it and doesn't know where he's from and then you know sapphire has this horrible life like there's all kinds of outcasts and downtrodden people who just you know got dealt a bad hand that would end up in a guild like that and anyone who starts trying to be a thief will get wrapped into that too like in one of the stories you can read you know someone starts off being a thief they get visited from the thieves guild who basically like a member basically saying you know you're going to join our guild or i'm going to break both of your arms and it's like it's really good if you join and it's like that that monopoly but you know what else are you going to do yeah i mean definitely like one of the things with the thieves because if you actually like strip a lot away from the 
uh, like if you just look at the Thieves Guild or what it is, it's kind of, oh, it's a guild for thieves and they steal things. It's like a very like function-based guild, whereas like some other guilds might have like more interesting sort of uh, metaphysical or philosophical things about them. But the mm. Thieves Guild, I don't know whether Bethesda intentionally does this, but they do make a lot of the characters quite stand out and good. And they do a similar thing for the Dark Brotherhood, which is really a pretty straightforward, like, you know, Sithis worshipping, we're just evil assassins kind of thing. But they put a lot of effort into... Um, creative characters and stuff. they're just characters that you would become attached to whereas like if you think about like the Fighters Guild or Thieves Guild in Oblivion like oh sorry Fighters Guild or Mages Guild there's less characters that I really like feel attached to by comparison but yeah. they're obvious like you know Mages Guild function characters yeah. I mean Skyrim had some really good characters like everyone likes Delvin like mm. as much as he has that kind of like um, Cockney I mean, English so- accent no, I was going to say creepy, creepy old dude vibe in terms of like, oh, you know, going he's basically and like Vex Fagin. bathing and... Yeah, he's, he's like, like Fagin from Oliver Twist, kind of like, right. you know, the, yeah. the, the ragamuffins who, who steal. That's that's the vibe I got from Skyrim's yeah. one, at least. Yeah. And that one Dunma that's like, I used to be a member of the Morang Tong. <laughs> oh, yeah. That Gosh. is such a... I don't know how that stuff gets passed. Like, just the... I don't know, man, but I think they should play... It ten- is... It is weird. I think you mentioned in one of your videos, Scott, that um, why would someone in the Morag Tong, which is like a very principled and like uh, they actually have a very strong sense of tradition, mm-hmm. end up in the Thieves Guild? Like it is quite strange. Yeah, I mean you can always. I mean, come up with there, it's the same. As yeah, to why. there's always going to be individualists. And there's that like, other character. I forget his name, but he, but he actually, there you go. He basically joined because he was bored of the routine. He was like. I think it was like wealthy family had this beautiful wife that he uh, was like engaged the Bosma to guy. or married to. And then he was like, he no, had, I'm he, out. Yeah. He, Cause he was part of a, a, a thief, like another thief gang in Valenwood. And then, um, you know, cause he had all that. So he's kind of like living for the thrill of it kind of thing. But then when his dad found out, basically gave him like an ultimatum and he's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go be a thief still. Cause living on the well, edge. Why would you, know, you go dad? to Skyrim then? Cause yeah, I don't know. Worst Thieves Guild to go to. All these rumors of their bad luck, which I I find the timing of it a little bit strange. If you read the books, uh, like a book about it, and it says, you know, for decades they've been having all this bad luck and it's been gradually getting worse and worse and you hear about like failed heists and so on. But then when you hear, when you play through it and you hear from like Carlyre and you hear about Gallus and Mercer and all this, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. I think, do you know what? I think it actually is because Mercer, you know, he's an older dude at this time. It like was 25 years. Yeah, because remember Carlyre, they're elves, so age is different. Like they, 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 you know, Carlyre could be like 80 and you wouldn't know. Yeah. And it just, it just didn't guy. feel like that. I know yeah. I'm saying that's what it says in the in the source and stuff. But like, yeah, when I actually play it, it doesn't feel like that. And I guess the other members around who, who some can seem newer, you don't know how long they've been there. And they can even mention kind of how the guild's like, you know, down on its luck. And it just feels like this, like... They did add some interest. Like, even, like, even I can just think of... I, f- I don't know his name, so it's obviously not that memorable. But the guy that was the jailbreaker, that he yeah, would, he's he, really cool. Yeah, he'd get paid. Like they did make an effort with. Like um, he would break in, not just um to escape jail, not break in, get arrested, not just to escape jail, but he'd even be sent in to like kill people in jails. Yeah, or because break. he knew how to get out. Yeah, or break them out with him. Yeah, or yeah. like rescue people and yeah. like all kinds of stuff. 
yeah the thieves guild has a bunch of cool characters in pretty much you know all the games um they're done they're done pretty well and I, I like in skyrim how you can kind of like expand the guild with like the different shopkeepers and i mean there you go that's another reason people do join the guild like you can it's easy to say pulled resources but if you think about it, like all the fences especially in a like well actually it's in skyrim too they're distributed all around the place you can go sell your stolen goods to you get all these contacts given to you um like there's the whole shadow mark system in skyrim where people can leave kind of like little symbolic messages saying this is empty or this is one full thing, of loot one thing i wish they did there is that's actually like this is kind of what more. i was saying like yeah but this is kind of what i was saying like last podcast about like um implementing the law in the actual like environmental kind of things and putting it in front of the player but like the shadow marks are never really they're just like a little world building piece and oh there's a few places around with it but there's never really a situation like in a main quest or anything where you're like kind of like you know, having to look for shadow marks or something like that, or, or, or they never really get used. You, you can play the Thieves Guild and ignore them entirely and not know about them. Yeah. Like, I know but with even me, as, as a, I, I just played through the whole thing, and then I read some shadow marks book later and saw the symbol and like, oh, you know. But they're not, just, they're not just in the Thieves Guild storyline. They're in other places in the world. But hmm. yeah, the thing is, I never had a moment where I was sneaking around saw a shadow mark and then as designed was like oh i'm gonna skip out on this place because it's empty or like yeah. oh i'm gonna go in here because it's filled with loot and by the way unless like they do leave um caches and stuff for members out in the wilderness who are thieves hmm. but in general who marks a place as filled with loot but doesn't take it it's like <laughs> yeah oh, i went in here and there were some really good necklaces in the drawers but um i left them there yeah, you know. I wonder because like you did the Thieves Guild compared to uh, Skyrim versus Oblivion one, and like Skyrim has a lot of good things, but there were like obviously more of those. Like even though we, like if you put it on paper, there are actually like quite both thievey sort of Thieves Guild, but there's a lot of um, just dungeon crawl sort of ones in Skyrim. But there is yeah. still lots of stuff. I, I just I feel like part of it is the. The, the positioning because you can do the entire main story of the thieves guild and not have to do any of the sort of explicit sort of like steely kind of side job feeling stuff whereas in oblivion it puts you front and center so the thieves guild experience is being a thief in like mm -hmm. your staging so you feel like you earned it whereas you can just kind of you know yeah. ignore it's all true. the side stuff if you if you look at some of the fences in skyrim like i can remember all of the fences from oblivion mm. do you know why besides the fact that they were nostalgic because i was a kid yeah. but you had to go and talk to them because you had to fence a certain amount of gold between missions to unlock mm. the next one whereas in skyrim you don't really it doesn't really weigh on you but you actually do unlock heaps of these cool fences like all around the place like golemiah's a fence and theory's a fence but you just don't have to use them and like especially with the shopkeepers who are in the guild hall who will buy stolen goods you just your incentive is quite low this is the other thing for a big part of the game too in skyrim is that just looting dungeons as a warrior or a mage or any other sort of play style um is generally far more profitable anyway if you get a pickpocket skill there's that thing where it's like there's enchanted jewelry in their pockets all the time and you can you can kind of of just random civilians so you can really crank up your um you know wealth with that but for the most part it's not like you're going to be you know going into some guy's shop or something there's not really that much to to steal and take there's a big monetary value so the incentive to steal is a lot lower like do you know what i mean like there's not a lot of 
it's a good example of the differences between the more religious and less religious um, arms of the guild because you know in Oblivion you're very much being trained up or you're proving yourself as a great thief because the the big the big mission towards the end is to steal something whereas it it does feel slightly more like in Skyrim so if you prove yourself to be kind of like a formidable warrior who you know has stealth abilities as well you're kind of like building yourself up to essentially be in a to be a champion of nocturnal as mm. opposed to a master thief well that's actually fair if you put like a one-liner like what what what's that the storyline about oh the storyline is about getting revenge on mercer and returning the skeleton key to nocturnal if you compare that to the thieves guild it's like what's a storyline about like building your way up the ranks and doing the big grand heist as you know stealing something no one has yeah. ever stolen before it's very thief centric versus that is a recurring theme with skyrim and oblivion Mm. I will say at least the Dark Brotherhood does end with you killing the Emperor, whereas in Oblivion, the Dark Brotherhood just ends with like meeting the Night Mother in the cavern and like exposing yeah. the traitor. The ending's not as good, but mm. like the meat of it's better. In uh, Skyrim, the Thieves Guild is like, do Maven's little thing, and then you're quickly thrown into the internal politics and dungeon crawling with Mercer and Carlyre and the rest of it. I mean, it's the same in com in the Companions. Besides the Radiant Quest, you go do one quest, you come back, you're in the Inner Circle, you're now doing the whole werewolf thing. And even in the Dark Brotherhood, you literally go and help Muri, who, by the way, I was playing last night and hearing Astrid go, I just really don't like the pronunciation, but it's Muiri or Mueri, but it was like, I was just like, really? <laughs> like, Muri just flows way better. But anyway, you do that, and then you're straight away thrown into the whole emperor plot where you find out you're the listener straight away um from the the night mother literally speaks to you and then you go off to meet um Mortier in volenrude and then he tells you he just tells you oh, we're gonna kill the emperor here's the plan you're gonna go to the way like it's all kind of skyrim's pretty outlined. rife with like pacing issues like you know it applies yeah. to the companions too with being a werewolf after like a couple of missions like one so quick one mission watch it and that's the other thing, like in the in the Thieves Guild example, I, I feel like, and a few games do do this, but they're too quick to betray you. Like you already know Mercer's going to kind of betray you, get that feeling and he betrays you real quick. It's like, oh, okay. But like, I feel like betrayals are much more impactful if you kind of grow with a character and like maybe you're actually learning to like, them. like for example, in Oblivion, you know, the Khajiit guy that's so, um, you know, mean to you and so on and in like insults you after every contract for all of these contracts throughout the Dark Brotherhood storyline. But then when you're told to basically kill the entire guild as part of a purge, you, um, he's really nice to you all of a sudden he comes around now and he's like, you know, you know what? You are pretty cool. Yada, yada. That feels and, it, and it's not, and it's not cause you're going to kill him just to clarify. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's like, no, he doesn't know. He doesn't know, but it's, it feels more impactful when you go, oh, now I don't really want to kill him because he's like, oh, finally, we've kind of grown together. The kind of feeling would be if you were with Mercer and you were doing some cool Thieves Guild stuff throughout it. And then, you know, later more so like the two thirds kind of part of the playthrough, it feels like all of a sudden he, you know, you, you the betrayals revealed, then it would feel more impactful because you kind of, you know, you like him and you don't necessarily want to, or you might kind of like, you know what I mean? Instead of just being also, like, yeah, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, also, Brynjolf's just way too big, man. Brynjolf is just... Yeah, like, he's not thiefy feeling at all. Like, I like his character. No, mm. like, I really do. It's just funny, because, like, when you're going through the ruins with him, I can't imagine having have gone on, like, stealth missions with Brynjolf. He does seem like this, like, large Nord dude. That's their kind of, like, thing. Like, everyone... And maybe thematically, I guess, it's on point for Skyrim in terms of, like, yeah 
land of barbarians, everyone's jacked as hell. Like everyone's, even the skinniest people are just, you know, if you look at their muscle, they're shredded and they've got bulging traps and everything. But um, I really hope in the newer games, they do actually have just like a muscle sly. Like you can be like softer looking. Yeah. I, 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 you know, dude, imagine the role-playing build potential by being able to make fat characters, bro. So oh, like, dude. Fat big belly warriors. Mage. Yeah. Kajit mage, like this big, like sage cat, yeah. looking like Garfield with spells. I feel. Yeah. I think I'll always have a bit of PTSD when it comes to Brynjolf anyway, because when I first played, like when it first came out on Xbox 360, I never really encountered any game breaking glitches. I got like all the achievements except for the ones related to the Thieves Guild, because Brynjolf approached me and he asked me to follow him, but he just never left. He just stood there. And the only way I could, like, I didn't have a save except for way back. So the only way to actually make it work was to just try and nudge him all the way that this was before I was using console commands to kind of do whatever I want. So I'm trying Mm. to nudge him all the way there. And then I had to eventually just give up on it. And it took me like several years before I came back to properly do it again. So I don't like him. Yeah, Yeah. fair enough. I I think too, the other other thing too, is if you have to do any of those, um, like with, to, to actually become a proper master of the Thieves Guild, you've got to do all of those radiant things. But it can actually, I, at least in my experience, it felt tedious because I generally did it like after I'd done the main Thieves Guild main sort of stuff. If they so, shoved them in between yeah. and also didn't randomize them so you wouldn't just get like, you know, two similar jobs in a row. Like, or let you pick the jobs, sorry. Um mm. Yeah, like if it was kind of set and each one felt a little bit less radiant, they could have be designed the same, just feel less radiant and you yeah. kind of know like, oh, I'm fencing goods right now, like kind of going to get things to, but to like fencing off. I, I feel like it would be, I, I don't know, maybe I'm overstating how simple it is or something, but I feel like, you, you know, if you're Bethesda and you, the quest designers or whatever, you just go, okay, why is the player joining the Thieves Guild? To be a thief. So, like, how are we going to structure the storyline so that you can be a thief? Like, that's the fantasy they're living out. In the same way that if you're living out an assassin fantasy, you want to be an assassin or a noble warrior or a mage. Like, that's why... Well, it is is funny because if you look at the Dark Brotherhood, they actually did a similar thing where they had assassination contracts on the side. At least they were spaced in the middle, which is good. But they weren't really part of the main. Like they felt like they were designed as this kind of side thing to do. Like you would go to Nazir, he'd give you contracts, which weren't particularly amazing, Mm. right? Like a lot of them was like, oh, you have to kill this beggar who's sad because his sister's dead and he's in the middle of nowhere. So there's no guards who are going to catch you. And their first quest has you go off to kill Elaine de Font. Cool quest, but it may as well have just been given to you by like, a Yarl, go kill this bandit who stole this heirloom. It's not like a stealthy environment. Next quest is listening to Cicero talk to the coffin while you're in it. Like, that's a whole quest. And then you meet Mortier. That's also a whole quest. Yeah. Just meeting him. And then it's all into, like, you know, assassinate Vittorio Vici, that kind of area next. But, um, yeah, they do the same similar stuff in all the guilds. So, yeah, it really does yeah. feel like your your reputation kind of precedes you in, in most of the quest lines in Skyrim. Whereas if they did have that thing where you kind of had to do a, you know, a, a quest to, to steal some gold and fence some gold between missions, it could maybe feel like perhaps when there's a, a big job about to be done... 
they pick you over the other members of the guild rather than it kind of just being assumed that you're going on all these missions it would feel more like you're kind of ascending the ranks and that's yeah. rather than just being oh it's the dragonborns joined us kind of thing i just quickly i just before you get started scott i will say they did have the litany a litany of larceny whatever it was called objectives in skyrim where you could steal these extra things during their main quests in the thieves guild like the dwemer puzzle cube and like mm. things like this but that should have been given way more attention as like a main thing like we need you to go and steal this dwemer puzzle cube and even with the fencing right like you may not want to steal something that's only worth 300 gold total but if you have an objective where they're like fence 300 gold, you have those moments where you sneak into the weapon store and you take three steel swords, a helmet and a set of boots because you know you're going to go sell that to achieve the objective. It's not, it's not just, will it make me rich? Is it worth yeah. it? Well, that's what that, that was just quickly though those uh that was one cool part about it the whole Baron's Eye crown sideline and getting those little things like I know I always wanted to fill out the all of yeah. the side things like that was a cool little addition and they should do more of those things and like you're saying more focus um on them but i think overall it's like the whole idea of advancement i, I feel like they really went like cinematic with it like we we're gonna oh get them into the meat of the story and that's what's cool but like the the whole mentality of a player earning something is really what makes the reward feel you know earned like you know if you create a powerful build and a powerful character you feel like you've earned it by using your brain combat and leveling up and the right combination of gear and all this stuff that you've acquired and put together and now you've got this masterpiece build um in, in a similar sort of way it's like you know you've built up all of this sort of advancement now you've kind of earned the big prize rather than trying to like do you know what i mean i feel like they take they take the they made it easier to you don't earn it it doesn't feel as earned you know you don't feel like you're the you you shouldn't be the listener you didn't earn it like you know you shouldn't be like the harbinger it doesn't feel earned and into a degree in the thieves guild i know they add the whole radiant side thing but i guess maybe that's more like to become the guild master but i guess that's more of a um it's just it's the problem just is the it's pacing. on the side you know you've got one here and one here and it, you know it should kind of be like like this yeah you know like it it's a pacing thing and it didn't help not having ranks either yeah because the ranks are cool because they kind of make up part of the lore as well you know like knowing that footpad is a rank is kind of cool and um brinyoff even mentions that mm. i'm pretty sure it's the footpad rank he goes like oh you know despite this and that you're better than half the snot-nosed footpads that have come through here and it's like so there are ranks I why aren't i being told the, the, from a game design perspective too like having that like makes a player feel good like in the same way that you feel good when you're level five or level 10 or or, or whatever or when you're like upping those ranks and you get a visual stimulus of like oh i got this back i'm here now it feels good when you're like oh i'm now a uh, you know a footpad or now i'm a shadow foot and you know even especially too if if they drip feed you things like oh now you get access to these benefits of the guild because you're a higher rank like how it felt in the mages guild when you finally get to the arcane university in oblivion you're like oh now i'm a member and now i get a staff and now i get access to these different things you know what i mean yeah it should be like call of duty where it just like pops up on screen that you've ranked <laughs> up and you've got the guitar riff yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh yeah but that'd be that'd be um That'd be mad, bro. <laughs> It'd be like, Harbinger achieve. Can't wait for the Elder Scrolls Six Battle Pass. Wonder what's oh, going to be on that. That'd be yeah. sick. I, I don't think they will, just because I feel like it's to, it's now getting too popular to... um, it, And, like, to 
basically shit on bad consumer practices and stuff like that. So I feel like, and they're coming from a place where they've kind of got a save face now. Like if they, if they do this next, they will get a lot of lash back, you know? It, it, it all actually depends, I think, on how Starfield performs. Mm. Like um, if Starfield actually just is, let's just hope and pray, like some 10 out of 10 game, right? Like, or nine out of 10, right? And everyone loves it. And then they put in some things you can buy and people don't really mind because the game's really good. Then Bethesda will just think, well, as long as Elder Scrolls Six is good, dude, we I can, can do this I, and that. I can be entirely like, um, if I'm being like completely and entirely honest, and this isn't a good consumer practice thing, but I can see how people like how it's successful because if a game's really, really good, I don't care if they put in things yeah, because I'm just like, and it's like, like they they will feed me DLC for you know it's thirty bucks, a third of the price of the game, but it's only like equivalent to you know one tenth or less of the game in terms of like you know value. But I'll be like, yes, more good stuff. I love it, and I know that's such like a consume more, more, more kind of thing mentality. But it's just too true in the way all it's got to be is good. The worst thing is when it's bad. If yeah. it's bad. It's purely yeah. how it's delivered. Like, yeah. as you said, if you're giving me more of this good thing, I'll pay for it. It's just, just so long as they don't give you a smaller portion of pie and like, here's the rest of your pie, 20 bucks. You know, as yeah. long as it's not yeah. like that, there's really and, nothing wrong with it. And that is what's dangerous about Elder Scrolls games specifically or RPGs in general. And, and that's why I really don't want it at all is like you said in your video, Drew, like ages ago, anything they put in a store could be in the game as something to find whether it's on a quest buy from a shopkeeper you know what i mean like they're mm. assets that could be in the world already it depends what it is i'm most open to dlc like if they're like here's this whole solstime thing oh hell yeah mm. <laughs> give me give me unlimited of that and i'll be yeah. happy because i love it's like the game calling it expansion calling it an expansion is better because it, it yeah. insinuates that you're expanding on what's already there you know and that's why it should come later whereas dlc is kind of like you know, it's obviously not intentional, but it's kind of a Weasley way to be like, there's no reason to not have this immediately. It's downloadable content. So long as you're downloading it, you know, it's extra content, but it's like, no, expand on the on the whole, give us something, you know, to, to yeah. begin with and then add to it. Yeah. yeah. See, this is the real like meta conversation. We're talking about the Thieves Guild and we're talking about <laughs> yeah. the real thieves, the corporation stealing <laughs> out ousts. We deserve these DLCs as part of the game for the full price. <laughs> They're stealing from us. The little Weasley thieves. <laughs> <laughs> Foot pads, all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe they're in a deal with Nocturnal. Maybe. Although they haven't been having the best luck lately. Sounds like uh, uh, someone stole the skeleton key. Todd lost the skeleton key. Yeah, it couldn't be me. It's <laughs> all going south. I don't know um, how much else there is to really talk about on the thieves guild um yeah i think you'd end up going through a lot of the cool characters because i mean there are a lot of cool characters but that's the thing it would just become like it's kind of like analysis let's just, yeah let's just list all the characters you know yeah i mean of... i will say i like delvin and I, and I really like that he has all those tie-ins to the dark brotherhood and also that if you think about it he's kind of responsible for like uh this might be an exaggeration to say half but like heaps of the members in the thieves guild having joined because they knew him from somewhere when actually here's a final comment which and i think is a good like since we're on the topic of expansions and dlc is like good like 
expansion design, I think, is when it feels interlinked with the original thing. It's not just a side. Like, I do like the side thing, but little things to call back. And with the whole um, Glover Mallory, his brother, being on Ravenrock, and then you got the revelation about Sapphire, you know, him being her father. Like, that was just, like, cool tie-ins that helped just connect the DLC to the setting of the larger world. So That that was really cool, yeah. Mm. For those who don't know, Sapphire is the uh, brunette chick you often see walking around Riften who's uh, quite aggressive. And she was born on like a really poor pig farm, got raided by bandits. And then her dad ended up leaving before that happened. And then he's on Solstheim kind of like hiding, hiding his shame. Talking about the Thieves Guild morality, like Sapphire is an example. When you walk into Riften and there's a dude and the, the um, Red Guard guy is like, oh, my, my shipment's been stolen. I'd like, you know, and then she's, and then Sapphire is basically like, oh, well, maybe you should have kept a, you know, a better iron or a security or something like that because she stole the shipment that he knew that he was trying to get to her to pay her debts. And it's just like, you scum. Like, it's actually <laughs> the most scummy sort of. Thing, yeah. you know what I mean? Not not to stick up for it, but you can see a lot of those characters why that they're like that when you hear about their upbringing. Yeah, like cause hers was bad, like really, really, really bad. Yeah. Not saying it's. I'm not excusing it. I'm just yeah. like it. I mean, it's character. It's uh, yeah. That's her character. You know, yeah, it's you just know it's just like another that. of the reasons why they wouldn't steal from the poor because the poor make such good recruits for the thieves guild inherently. You know, mm. and here's the plot twist. Don't steal from the poor. You can't. <laughs> That's why they're poor. What would you steal, right? Yeah. The rich are the, the good targets anyway. If you take moral- morality out of the equation completely, of course you would target the rich. I mean, unless yeah. you're just doing it for the frill, like some of the thieves, where, you know, if you steal a rag off of a off of a poor person, then, you know, what? you're probably going to get... It matters more to them than the jewel does to the rich merchants. Yeah, so what so, a thrill. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah well, that's not a thrill. It sounds way more of, of a thrill to, to do, yeah. like, the ultimate heist kind Steal of the thing. rags off his back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not condoning anything. I'm just trying to get inside the minds. Yeah, yeah we're we're being criminologists. I guess podcast today. I guess uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, don't steal. Be good to your neighbor. And the thieves guild are all shill hacks. Don't listen to them. <laughs> They're just trying to recruit you for uh, their own. It's a, ends. it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. But nocturnal is worth it. So you might as well join. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, yeah. thanks everyone for watching. Um, we'll probably have a longer podcast next time, I think. Well, there if we Houses of Morrowind, I think, yeah. Oh, is that next? Yeah, yeah. But so anyway, be... thanks for tuning in. Social media links are in the description below, and uh, we'll see you next time.